All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about lapses and how to lapse properly. Take your seats, please. Thanks. This is the Change Academy podcast. If there's a behavior or a pattern in your life that you'd like to change or a habit that you're trying to create or a goal that you want to achieve, you are in the right place. I'm Monica Reinagle. And I'm Brock Armstrong. And in this podcast, we draw on our experience that we've gained through years of coaching our clients and working on ourselves to share with you strategies that work. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here too. I'm glad you're here, Monica. <laughs> <laughs> nice to be with you, Brock. It's been a minute, yeah. I'd be just standing around talking to myself if you weren't here. <laughs> it has been a minute, but we are back and we're ready to talk about lapsing. And you know what? When somebody actually says the words like self-sabotage or claims that whenever they get close to achieving their goal that they sabotage themselves, it actually tells me that they haven't learned how to lapse properly. Hmm. Know, know what I mean? Not yet, but well, I will soon. <laughs> that's right, you will, because in this episode, we're going to talk about what to do when you have a lapse so that you can take these inevitable moments in stride. I think this is great because I know self-sabotage is a topic that comes up a lot with the people that we work with. So I'm yeah. looking forward to digging into this. But uh, we often share some notes on what we are working on. And I actually have something to share this week. Awesome. Lay it on me. I am working with a woman named Tara McMullen in a group for small business owners and entrepreneurs. She also has a wonderful podcast called What Works. Tara McMullen. And this month in our group, we're doing sort of a deep dive into something that she calls operationalizing your values. Hmm. And it's been really interesting. You know, a lot of businesses maybe take some time to think about what their values are, their mission statement. But then I think a lot of times running, we just try to run our businesses in ways that don't conflict with our values, right? Yeah. That don't trample on our values. And this is actually figuring out how we can structure our businesses in a way that actually makes our values active in the world. It's it's an interesting little shift in perspective, and I've really been enjoying it. That's interesting. So when I, when I heard the words oper <laughs> operationalizing your values, I figured that it was like taking your values and just figuring out a way to just make them move forward or focus more on your values but uh, you're yeah. actually talking about taking your business yep. and making it the conduit i guess or the the medium to to realize your values or to execute your values is that right my understanding yes. like, okay exactly to to make those real in the world and you know for you and me and a lot of other entrepreneurs and small business owners the values of our company are pretty close to our personal values. You know, there's a, a lot of overlap there. And the work that we're doing um, in this group reminded me a lot of an episode that we did last year called Aligned Actions. I realized mm. this is what we're doing is actually sort of the business analog to what we talked about in that episode that was more on a personal level. Right. And if you remember, or if listeners who have not been listening for over a year, in that episode, we talked about you know, taking the time to think about what values are most important to you in your life, and then also to do an audit of how you spend most of your time, you know, what activities you invest your time in, and then to see how well those align. Are the things that you're spending time on 
aligned with what you say that your values are? And if not, like what needs to change there? So it was uh, when I kind of realized, wait a minute, I've been here before. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was an interesting, um, added perspective to this work. So, okay. I think I'm understanding it conceptually, but can you give one example of something that you're doing that like just to hammer this, (laughs) this point home? So I totally get it. Well, sure. I mean, one of the things that's important to me in my life and in my business is um, social justice and an equitable society and a functioning democracy, right? <laughs> it, now, you're never... asking too much, Ryan. Come on. <laughs> and um, I never really think that my business has a role to play in any of those things. I'm just a little, you know, small fry. But I also realize that... Um, I've been increasingly uncomfortable with the role that a certain large social media platform is playing in those very things. Mm. But this social media platform has been very central, or I thought it was, to the way that I communicate with my audience and the way I gather an audience and the way they tell them about what I'm working on. And we do this together, Brock, obviously. And um, I've kind of decided I think I'm going to take a step back from that social media channel, not um, even if it does kind of create consequences in terms of my ability to reach people or engage with people. I think I'd rather figure out other ways to do that Mm. than continue to participate in the system that clearly is running contrary to my values. So that is kind of a big, scary step that I have started to put into play this week. Those of you who also follow me on Facebook probably saw my announcement about that this week, but that's a direct um, outgrowth of this work that we're doing. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it, it is a scary thing to make these kinds of big changes, but I'm completely on board with this one in particular and I'm willing to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. in order to solve the problem in a different way because there's always another way to, well, in this case, reach the audience or communicate with with actually you the listener right now. We don't have to compromise our values in order to to do that. That's just another problem that needs to be solved. And and yeah, it might be difficult. It might be a challenge. It'll definitely be a challenge and it's uncomfortable, but it's totally worth it. Yes, exactly. I mean, there's no point in having values if we don't make decisions that are aligned with them. And that goes for businesses as well as our personal lives. So that's what I'm working on. Awesome. Well, I hope you don't have any lapses. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for sure i may lapse back in and post by by mistake but yes just out of habit you'll, the thumbs will just automatically do it without you even knowing right right but yeah let's talk some more about lapses yeah yeah i mean the, the thing about lapses is that at some point everyone has them right it's those small slip-ups those weird little moments maybe even brief periods like beyond just a moment but an actual period of Mm -hmm. time when you just fall back into some old habits or some old patterns and even the most highly successful people out there who seem to have it all figured out occasionally will go overboard the difference is that they just don't do it very often and we talk about this in in way less a lot that even the people in our lives who just seem to naturally weigh less well they do overeat sometimes 
the key being that it's sometimes. Right. <laughs> because you know, having a lapse doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. You aren't broken. You don't hate yourself, which is something that we hear a lot from, from people who, especially in the self-sabotage area. And right. having a lapse definitely doesn't mean that you're a bad person, which is something we'll get into a little bit later. And also you don't have bad genes or anything like that. The biggest problem is, is that you're human. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, lapses, of course, can be an opportunity to learn something really useful. We talked about this uh, in more detail in one of our very first episodes, episode number nine on failure and all the ways that failure can actually fuel success. Mm-hmm. So this is a sort of related topic. But, you know, what we've seen is that when people do experience those inevitable lapses, very frequently they immediately shift into some very self-defeating and catastrophizing thoughts such as, oh, here's my MO, I always sabotage myself when I get close. But those sort of thoughts then lead to further lapses instead of leading to repair. And before you know it, you know, a couple of small lapses has snowballed into a full-blown relapse or, or just a return to a behavior or a pattern that you had actually kind of already started to break or, or get some traction on. And we, we really want to avoid that. Yeah, well, and I guess the thing that we really want to focus on in this episode in particular is that very moment when you start to start to realize that you're beating yourself up because you lapsed. Just that that moment when all of a sudden you went, oh man, what did I do? I, I said I wasn't going to do this again, and I did. And then the re- recrimination and the self-flagellation and all of that stuff starts to crop up. Right. And and of course, it's disappointing when we realize that we've departed from our goals or what we had planned to do. But it's interesting that you've linked this to this sort of concept of self-sabotage, because now it's very widespread. But I think it started out feeling kind of psychologically sophisticated, you know, that we mm. kind of stumbled across a deep reason, an explanation for why we depart. You know, the brain is always looking for reasons and, and ways to understand things. And so if you are, if you have this defect that causes you to sabotage yourself, then, well, it's not very comfortable, but at least that gives you an explanation. And maybe that provides, I don't know, a minute of relief from the disappointment. Maybe that lets you off the hook. I don't know why, but while you were saying that, I was thinking about, did you ever watch the TV show Dexter? Dexter. uh, Yeah, he was the the psychopath that was the serial killer. Yeah, he was the the serial killer with with a heart of gold, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) he always referred to his dark passenger as being like the urge to to kill and for some reason when you're talking about finding that that deep-rooted thing inside you that you can blame it on i was thinking of a your dark passenger is the one that makes you lapse (laughs) right it's like a diagnosis that we give ourselves you know like it's not me it's my self-sabotage disease (laughs) (laughs) and somehow that's more soothing than than actually just owning your your mistake yeah but anyway getting back to to self-sabotage so i i know when we when i proposed this topic to you i think i i sort of surprised you with this idea of self-sabotage but this is the way that i see it what we often refer to as self-sabotage is actually a lapse that we have attached a story to oh wait say that again a lapse (laughs) 
that we've attached a story to. Okay, so it's a two-parter. Right. Yeah. So you've had this lapse and then you go forward and you tell yourself a story of, well, I guess I must hate myself or I always do this to myself. I guess I'm doomed to fail. And mm. we always the, the story always concludes with, uh, well, throw your hands up in the air. There's no point in trying. I'm, I'm just going to do this to myself again. So uh, what's the Homer Simpson quote? Can't win. Don't try. Mm. So you throw your hands up in the air and you just give up because, well, there's no point in trying. And you know, we've coached many, many people who feel really stuck and end up spending a ton of energy actually going back through their past, looking at everything they've ever tried to dig up evidence that reinforces that they're just someone who self-sabotages their own success. And the, the point there is that they're spending energy actually digging up this evidence instead of using that energy to do something much more productive. And we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. But often any of us can look back at our lives and find some evidence to support the idea that this is just who I am, that I'm just someone who can't allow myself to be, insert the goal here, happy, skinny, sober, wealthy, whatever it happens to be that you're working on. But we have to remember that self-sabotage is its not a personality trait. It's not a diagnosis. It's not. No, you don't have a dark passenger. <laughs> it's just a misunderstanding of our thoughts and our behaviors. And what we're doing is interpreting this, as I've said, this very human behavior to have those momentary lapses of judgment as a character flaw. Or worse yet, we allow that misinterpretation to actually send us on a spiral that makes us quit whatever we're working on. And and usually we quit it with a vengeance, too. It's not just <laughs> giving up on the diet. It's eating everything in the fridge. It's not giving up on saving your money. It's going on a shopping spree. It's Usually it's a pretty big spiral. Yeah, it, uh, it has that sort of self-fulfilling prophecy aspect to it. And when you were talking about combing through our past for evidence to prove this hypothesis that we are just, you know, unable to allow ourselves to succeed, you know, there's obviously going to be a big tendency there for confirmation bias. If that's the evidence that we're looking for, oh boy, we're going to find plenty. Yes, we and are. we're unlikely to remember or be able to recall counter evidence that suggests something very different. We're, we'll find exactly what we're looking for, and then we'll use it as a club to beat ourselves. <laughs> so, so, okay, this sounds like a terrible idea. What is the alternative? How can we take a lapse, which is going to happen, and switch our response to it, channel that into a new direction? Well, I guess the first thing is, is let's re claim that word lapse. Okay. Let's get away from talking about self-sabotage. Let's get away from even failure. I know we want to reclaim the, the word failure as well, but in that same way, I think we need to look at, at a lapse as not being something that has undone all of our good work. It's just mm. a simple moment that has come up that is actually giving us the perfect opportunity to learn something about ourselves, to learn something about our thought patterns and the stories that we tell. And then once we've acknowledged that we had a lapse and, and maybe we can learn something from it, then we can simply just rebound from it and pick back up where we left off. 
no spiraling required, no <laughs> actual sabotaging, which is what happens with those spirals as we actually do sabotage ourselves. None of that is required. We can just say, okay, well, that happened. I wonder why it happened. Can I figure out how it happened? And moreover, this next thing I'm going to do is going to lead me back towards my goal instead of moving away from it. Yeah, what I'm hearing there is really kind of neutralizing that concept or that word of lapse. Like, okay, I lapsed. You know, there was an interruption in service here. <laughs> I lost, I briefly lost my connection. Um, but now I've rebooted, I'm reestablished, and I'm going to go on. And, you know, maybe I'll check that wire to see if there's a little bit of a, you know, a short in there or something so I don't lose my connection again quite so easily. But yeah, that's so much less heavy. That seems like it would be much easier to come back from. Yes, absolutely. I, I like your <laughs> your analogy there. It's kind of like when you're on a, a, a conference call, as so many of us are on a lot of the time these days, if there's a little break in the connection, we don't just turn off the computer <laughs> and call it a day. We just wait a second. And, <laughs> <laughs> and don't put a lot of uh, put we don't put a lot of stigma on it. So yeah, I guess yeah. that's what I'm I'm proposing with these lapses is to really acknowledge the fact that everybody has them. You're going to have them again. This isn't going to be the last last time, but you can learn from it, and you definitely can rebound from it. It's not the end of the world. You know, and longtime listeners may recall we've brought up the the attention intention action cycle before we did a whole episode on it and i'm forgetting which episode it was it's like 10 or 11 or 12 somewhere in there yeah so you can go back and and find that episode if you need a a, a reminder of it but i feel like using the attention intention intention action cycle in hindsight, kind of in reverse, can be a really handy tool to uncover what really happened. And this is what I mean when I, I say we can learn from it, is we can look at the circumstance that preceded the lapse. We can look at the stories that we were telling ourselves. We can look at the circumstance that that build it, which would be the, we'd pay attention to, mm -hmm. to that. Then we'd look at the intention, which is like what we were trying to achieve and then look at what we actually did. Mm -hmm. And then we can we can really dissect that moment and be like, okay, I totally understand why that happened. And then we can make a plan going forward to to cut that off in the pass. Right. But simultaneously, we're just rebounding and picking back up where we left off and not letting it cause a spiral. So to extend our analogy here, you realize like, oh, I really need to close down most of my programs before I get in a conference call. So I'm not sucking up all that bandwidth. And that should, you know, keep that from happening in the future. Right. Or I need to go tell my kids to stop playing Fortnite <laughs> online <laughs> while I'm trying to have a conference call. That's right. That could be the solution for, for our analogy there. Yeah. And I think that when we're doing that kind of introspection, the two qualities that you absolutely want to make sure that you bring to the process are curiosity, which we've talked about a lot, um, because curiosity mm -hmm. is that kind of value neutral, hmm, what happened here, you know, mm -hmm. but then also compassion for when we discover that we may have made a choice or, you know, made a decision that didn't serve us or, oh, maybe we even just flat out screwed up that, you know, that we can view that with compassion and realize that, like you said, it's this won't be the last time we can, you know, we can forgive ourselves for that and go forward. So if we can bring, well, you say, you know, rebound and move on. But I also want to say that we don't want to be in too big a rush 
to quickly put it behind us. Mm. Um, that curiosity and compassion give us a beat to actually stay in contact with, okay, what happened? Why did it happen? You know, what's what's next? Instead of just trying to bury it immediately so that we don't have that failure or that shame, you know, hanging around our necks. And one of the things that I've shared with our way less clients and that I try to live by is that, you know, we succeed in life, in business, in behavior change, not by putting enough distance between us and our failures, but rather by turning toward them Mm. and allowing them to teach us what we need to know in order to succeed. That's so true. And that's a really great point about the just having the compassion to forgive yourself. But that doesn't mean letting yourself completely off the hook, because this could just turn into an endless string of lapses if we just had endless compassion for ourselves and be like, oh, well, I lapsed for the 12th time today. That's (laughs) self-indulgence. That's not (laughs) compassion. But yeah, maybe our motto here is forgive, but maybe don't be so quick to forget. Oh, yeah, I like that. Nice. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Yeah. It's my day for aphorisms, apparently. Somebody's (laughs) happy National Aphorism Day, Brock. I'm going to start cranking out the t-shirts any minute now. (laughs) We've got slogans to put on all the shirts and mugs. Okay, so let's get back to lapses. So I think we lapsed in our concentration there for a moment, Brock. (laughs) Okay. So a lapse, once again, is really a moment for us to learn and a moment for us to grow. And you know what? If we look at it that way, it actually makes it really exciting because it's a time that you can ask yourself, okay, what did I do? Why did I do that? What was going on right before the lapse? How was I feeling? What was I thinking? And most importantly, what were the excuses that I gave myself? And Mm. if anybody listened to the interview that I did with Dr. Nicole Byers, um, that was actually... I'm sure everyone listened to that. It was a great interview. And if you haven't, you really, really should. She (laughs) is very smart. But we talked about exactly that, the stories that we tell ourselves, the excuses that we give ourselves to, Mm -hmm. to back these things up. And that's what I mean by it being really exciting is once you can dig into those if you find the gem of a story that you're telling yourself before these things happen and you realize how that's actually fueling these lapses or fueling the the stumbles that you're having along the road to to your greater goal well that's that really is exciting that those are i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it I've, (laughs) i've had a couple of those aha moments and been like i totally get it now this is so easy right And as you're talking, I'm thinking of a third thing that I want to add to my curiosity and compassion, although I can't think of a way to start it with C, but it's like a sense of humor. You know, like Mm. when we start to, especially when we're, we're investigating our stories, like what was the, what was the story I was giving myself? What was that excuse? If we can actually hear them, sometimes they're hilarious. (laughs) And if we can, if we can laugh at ourselves, you know, that's always that's always a good thing. I know it doesn't start with a C, but kookiness. That's okay, right? I know, but it's got a k. Curio- well, at least it's, it's. We've got the alliteration, right? Yeah. The the audible alliteration, right? Okay. So I guess the the real theme here is to be aware of the stories that you're telling yourself, and and ultimately yeah. that the self sabotage story is actually an excuse, or it, it even goes as far as being a cop-out wow like okay somebody just chalks it up to well i just i'm just a self-sabotager well 
that again to me just indicates that not only do you not know how to lapse properly, but you're giving yourself a really easy out there, mm-hmm. blaming it on your dark passenger. Now, as depressing as it seems, quitting on yourself because you always do this or you always self sabotage actually is easier than doing the work. But you don't get anywhere if you don't do the work. So if this is an important goal for you, you really need to do the work. Yeah. And sometimes what feels easier is just what feels the most familiar. It's not actually easier. Mm. We just have more practice doing it. So the groove is well-worn. And I guess the final thing that I want to say is that it's really important to remember that our life is really just a series of choices. And every choice we make is a chance to move closer or farther away from the person we want to become. So if you want to put that lapse behind you, well, you know what? (laughs) Just wait a few minutes and that next choice will be right around the corner and you can use that to make a choice that leads you towards that person that you want to become. Well said. Thank you. (laughs) So I think... Our, our takeaways from today are that lapses happen to all of us and they're going to keep happening even when you're the most successful version of yourself. And that a lapse can be actually an opportunity that makes us even stronger instead of an excuse to give up. But that how you think about the lapse is actually the most important part of the process. You really want to tune in and catch that. If you just give up and stop trying to make the changes, then you're falling into that self-sabotage story that Brock mentioned. Mm -hmm. So instead, the more you can learn from a lapse, the better you can rebound from it. So don't shy away from it. Just go ahead and take a look at it. Nice. All right. Our lab experiment for this episode will begin with when you realize that you've actually had a lapse. Remember, first step is to stay calm. And, of course, be compassionate, be kind to yourself. Then the next step is to remember that a brief lapse will not erase all of your progress. It's, as Monica always says, it's not your best day or your worst day. It's all the days in between that define what kind of person you are or what kind of progress you're going to make. So that one lapse will not erase all of those good days. Then remind yourself of all the positive steps that you've made. Don't put all your focus on just that one negative lapse that just happened, but look at all the positive stuff you've done. And the next step is really important, and that is to reflect on your purpose for beginning this journey in the first place. And if you go all the way back to episode two, you'll remember that we set it up as being finding your compelling reason. You want to find that compelling reason and remind yourself and reflect on why you began this journey in the first place. And then finally, remember that allowing yourself to tell yourself a story that leads you to quitting, well... That never moves you any closer to your goal, so that's not a good option. (laughs) So if we've done our job well right now, you're actually eager for the next lapse to happen so that you have a chance to practice a new way of responding to it. So while we don't certainly don't wish you stumbles or falls, um, if we can all, in some weird way, look forward to our next lapse, well, that makes this whole process a lot less overwhelming, doesn't it? It does. really does. Okay, guys, if you find the Change Academy show useful, if for nothing else than a a bottomless well of aphorisms, (laughs) we want to ask if you'll be our ambassador. Maybe share an episode that you particularly liked with a friend 
that you think would like it too. Or maybe post a review or a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would really appreciate it. And thank you so much for supporting the work that we do here in the Change Academy. All right, here's to the changes we choose. See you next time. All right, all right, thanks everyone. Don't forget to lapse better. This has been the Change Academy podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinhagel.